has the craziness of December slowed down for you? I've got some yeses and some noes, some I don't know. Julie's going, nope, not at all. Well, last week, you know, we talked about Mary and all the stress that she was under, and um, we're, we're doing this uh, series in Advent about what the baby saw, about what the child Jesus would have seen in his parents and the different faces around the manger, and we talked about how that idyllic manger scene that we have in our nativities in our homes with the ever-glowing, idyllic porcelain Mary, neat and tidy, the baby's all wrapped up in this sweet little swaddle and on the hay, and there's Joseph, and their clothes are neat and clean, and lots of us have laundry piles around, so we know that's not the truth there. We also know they didn't have a lot We know that it wasn't an idyllic scene that perhaps travelers to Bethlehem would have had their animals in the manger in addition to the animals that were typically in that manger. It was probably a smelly place, not a very clean place. And on that journey to Bethlehem, you know, we've we've seen where Mary has been visited by an angel, told she's going to have the one that will be called Wonderful Messiah, Prince of Peace. Then she has to tell her (laughs) fiancé, Joseph, who's not? I don't know. We don't really know what his reaction is, but we know that it warranted a little bit of convincing from God. And an angel came to him, and he spoke to him. And so we, um, we have this picture of not necessarily a neat and tidy journey to the manger. Today we're going to talk about Joseph. In the manger scene, Joseph is this strong secure, quiet figure, the guardian, the protector, the the husband, the father, responsible citizen going to Bethlehem to be counted for the census, one who has a heart for God. And we are going to entertain what he might have taught Jesus as he was, from the time he was a little child, an infant, all the way up through his life. Lessons that were repeated over and over again. Lessons like Mary's willingness to surrender to the Word of God. To see the big picture of the plan that God had and to ponder those things in her heart and hold them close. I thought it might be a good way for us to start, for us to consider maybe how children view this story. This miraculous, beautiful story of how our Savior was born. How Mary and Joseph began their journey. And so, join with me. Let's, uh, let's take a look. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry. And then the angel just appeared and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have... What? I can't. Mary, you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. (laughs) Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. You are having a new baby. And so they met up 
they went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, The only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel was singing. Glorious. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes. Maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's going to be our best friend. I love you, and... You're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. Kids always tell it better. <laughs> I love the part with Joseph saying, You're the best baby I've ever seen. There, I said it. You know. Joseph, um, he is this amazing part of the Christmas story. And he's one that he, he doesn't get a lot of attention. We don't hear a whole lot about him. Um, we, we just know that he has this role as father. We, we see a glimpse of him um, when an angel comes to him again later down the line. And he, um, he is told that they need to flee to Egypt for safety. So he becomes the protector. Again, and then later when Jesus is 12 and they're coming back from a journey, um, they realize, they look around and they're like, wait a minute, has anybody seen Jesus? And they go back to the temple and they hear him say, I'm about the work of my father. And many probably look perplexed when they say that because they probably looked at Joseph and said, wait a minute, isn't Joseph his father? As Jesus' journey unfolded, I can't help but think that he looked to Joseph for strength. That he looked to Joseph for an example of what it was to be faithful and obedient to God. 
to be given a mission by God to go and set forth and to, unfold, to watch as this plan of God's would unfold. Joseph was a man on a mission. He had a few missions. He had to help Mary get to Bethlehem, 80 miles. That's about four days, give or take, on a donkey. I read that. I don't know that. But I read that. And they needed to pass through Samaria. They also um, would have likely been in a caravan. So they would have been not necessarily able to have private time or anything like that and to talk about all that God was doing. They would have traveled in hopes of getting to Bethlehem to be counted. When he got to Bethlehem, he needed to find a place to stay. I told you last week, Mary might have looked at him and said, Joseph, come on, you could have called Hotwire. We don't know if they had Hotwire then. but um, Well, we know they didn't have Hotwire then. We don't know what kind of communication system they had for that. Um, he had to help Mary and Jesus escape to Jesus safely to, pr- to protect them. And after the death of Herod the Great, he took them back to Nazareth. Then he would teach Jesus to become a carpenter, to take care of his family, and to grow in his faith in God, to grow as God continued to work in his life. Joseph's kind of this unsung hero. And in it, we see an example for all of us. Um, Children pay attention to those unsung heroes much more than we know. Um, There's a very famous violinist by the name of Josh Bell. Some of you may have heard of him. The tickets for just one seat are extremely expensive to hear him. And he rarely puts on concerts, but when he does, they, they sell out just like that. Well, he did something one night before a concert. He was in New York City, and he decided he was going to go to the subway and play. So he went down to the subway, and he began to play the violin And they videoed this, 1,097 people walked right by him. Children stopped. They stood in awe and they looked at him and saw a masterpiece. They watched and they heard him and they, they stood around him and they knew what a rare find this violin player was. I wonder if the people who heard him saw the next day or heard later on about the concert and realized, I walked by a concert that would have cost a fortune to go see. I think Joseph was like those children in many ways and probably influenced Jesus as he looked at people. They say that we live in a world that is blind, and, and as we look around, look at your neighbor. Take a good look at your neighbor. Y'all, y'all have spoken to each other in fellowship, but just turn and look. Smile at somebody. Did you know that you are seeing a reflection of God the Creator? And you are seeing a masterpiece? Joseph knew that what was happening was a masterpiece. 
There was a quietness. Mary and Joseph had been approached by the angels. There wasn't this, this big decree like, um, you know, I think there's this prince named Harry and this princess named Meghan and they're expecting a baby and everybody in the world probably knows about it that has any kind of social media or television or radio. This is the king of kings that's coming for Joseph and Mary. And it was quiet, unassuming. There is a um, parable about seeing what others can't see. There's a parable that compares the kingdom of God to a pearl of great price. And there is a merchant, and as he is looking, he sees this pearl, and he realizes how valuable it is, and he goes and he sells everything he has to obtain that pearl. He realizes it's of that great a value. Joseph looks at Mary and looks at Jesus, and he sees pearls of great price. Through Jesus and Mary's eyes and Joseph's eyes, they all teach us to look to the world and perhaps open them because we might be seeing the pearl of a great price right in front of us. Some of y'all might like the show Pawn Brokers. Rick Harrison. Um, there's a story about um, that type of trade that, um, that involves the mother of the civil rights movement. Um, the bus that Rosa Parks would have been on when her arrest was made was one of many buses that Montgomery sent to the junkyard. And she, you know, there wasn't a big deal made about the bus or anything. And one day this junkyard owner was looking around and he thought, you know, I'm going to go back and look. And he went and looked at a picture of the bus and he realized he had the bus that Rosa Parks was on. He had paid $50 for it. I don't know how the exact figure of what he paid for, or what he was paid for that bus, but that bus sitting there in the middle of a junkyard was recognized because he had his eyes open. Joseph was a man who had his eyes open. In this story of Jesus' birth, we have an innkeeper who is blind. I don't think Prince Harry and Princess Meghan or William and Kate could go to a hotel and be told, we have no rooms, go stay in the stable. But the innkeeper didn't know. He didn't see. He was blind. The census takers had no idea the people they were talking to. The magi who brought gifts even in part saw dimly. I'm sure many were questioning, you know, I hear this is the Messiah, but I don't know about this. The things of this world had blocked them. But Joseph, Joseph was this man of character, this man who had been the heater of dreams, and dreams were important in that world. It was one of the ways that God communicated in divine ways to people to let them know the things that were unfolding and especially when there was a call upon their life. And I wonder if we are open to the leading of the Holy Spirit when God speaks to us, perhaps through a dream, perhaps through the voice of those that we go to for counsel, perhaps through a simple call of needing to 
address a, a need. Joseph's faithfulness and obedience to God, his willingness to open his eyes, to see differently, made him a person that could teach his child, Jesus, and his children with Mary. He could have been the kind of foster or adoptive parent who stepped back and said, you know, I'm just here. But I don't think that he was. I think he had a strong influence on Jesus' life. I got to thinking, in some ways, you know, Mary, Mary knew who this child was. Mary's carrying the Savior. But Joseph was the first, I think, to probably adopt Jesus into his heart and life. And he teaches us to do that same thing. Wondered this Christmas... If we can look at the gift and realize that it's not what we're giving. That it's what you're given. The gift. The gift of the Messiah. You see, when Joseph looked through his eyes, he had a quiet influence and he saw the gifts of God everywhere. He saw the image of God everywhere. He saw beauty everywhere. Perhaps he teaches us to look around and see our family, our jobs, our creature comforts, our friends, our intelligence, our help. All those things, especially faith as a gift. This Christmas, let us see with eyes that look around us and see the Creator's influence and the creator's blessings all around us through the gift of jesus christ we are blessed beyond measure it's it's an infinite measure it changed everything there's a a song that talks about isn't this a strange way to save the world that talks about how joseph goes through and he says why me Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. I'm just a man of simple trade. Why us? Why this child? There's another Christmas song called Joseph's Lullaby that speaks to how Joseph as a father might have spoken to his son to just go to sleep, to rest, that one day he will save the world and that God will be there with him to make all things new. That's how we come to this table. As Jesus took the call on his life, he went to the cross to die for us. He rose again. And at that last supper, right before those events happened, he prophesied, he told, he explained to the disciples exactly what he, what he meant. That his body would be taken and broken, just like the bread. And he wanted them to take and eat the bread as a remembrance of his sacrifice for them. And he took the cup. He gave thanks to God for the cup, just as he had the bread. And he held it up and he said, this is a symbol of the new covenant. One that I will make possible. Take part in this cup as often as you can. Jesus offers us a love that is beyond compare.
in this season of hope and love and joy and peace. May we all give the gift of Christ as we encounter folks in our daily lives, in our work lives, in our homes. Don't forget to do it at home. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful for you, for the influence that you had as you called Mary and Joseph to faithfully walk as parents of Jesus Christ here on this earth. We are thankful for your plan which allowed Jesus to come and and for the obedience that it took to step forward for the plan on his, for the calling on his life. We ask that you would pour out your spirit here on us today. Pour out your spirit on these gifts of bread and the cup and just impart your grace into us just as we take that in today at this table of grace that we would walk away feeling some of your light shining from us even brighter. Be with us this day. It's in your name that we pray.